Tim and I were in this journey together. And uh, the discipleship together. And um, so I miss him. I miss him. Y'all miss him? But we have to press on. We have to press forward. And that's what exactly what he would want us to do. And that's exactly what he would want me to do. And I'm just so glad and, and thankful uh, for the opportunity to stand in front of you here. Please remember uh, Brother Dexter Ross uh, and his family in prayers as, as he went uh, to Kentucky. His wife's brother uh, passed away. So just remember them in prayer. Uh, there's been a lot of deaths this month. But the enemy will not distract us. The enemy will not have his way. Amen? So God is good. And I believe something remarkable is going to happen in this church. There's a shifting that's happening. Amen? Are you excited about it? Are you, ex are you excited about it? Are you excited about it? There's a shifting in the atmosphere that is happening. And we have to begin to position ourselves and get excited and get on the train because the train is passing by. Are you going to get on? Are you going to get on the train? So I'm just so excited. And I believe that God is going to blow our minds with what he wants to do in this house. And I just believe he's up to something and I'm fired up about it. Amen? I was, I was almost tempted to put a bunch of ladders up here on the stage because I believe that we're going to a new level. And I believe that we have to step on those ladders. And, you know, we are here, but we're going to move on up. Amen? So we got some work to do. Everybody say positioning. That's right. Positioning is so crucial in the plan for your life that if you are out of position at any moment in your life, at any moment, it can affect the rest of your life. Not that God can't get you where he needs you to be, but if you're out of position, and sometimes there's a season for God to do something great in your life, and you just have to be in that position. And I don't want to miss our season, and our season is now. This is a new season, and the best is yet to come. And I still believe that. The best is yet to come. That's something that Pastor Tim would often say, that the best is yet to come. And I believe that the seats in here are going to be full completely from wall to wall. And just like at the, the homegoing service, there are going to be people lined up in the hallway, sitting out in the chairs, trying to get into this place. And I believe it. But positioning matters. And when you position yourself in fear, and you operate in fear because, because of what you're afraid of what could happen, you don't live in God's best for you. Now, when you live in faith, there's some risk involved because it will challenge you and it'll make you step into um, what you don't know. Uh, you know, you don't know which way that you're supposed to go. So the faith, you know, oftentimes you don't know the next step or, or the, the next direction that you're supposed to go. It'll make you say yes when you're not entirely sure what you're saying yes to. Because when you say yes to God, you don't always know what he's getting ready to do. Amen? So sometimes we have no clue how everything is going to work out, but we just step out in faith. And sometimes when you step out in faith, it looks a whole lot like nothing. 
But nothing in the hands of God is raw material for everything. Amen? Remember, he stepped out on nothing, and he spoke to nothing, and out of nothing, everything that is created was created out of nothing. So go ahead, bring him your nothing, your big pile of nothing, and he can handle nothing and make something out of it. Amen? So I'm going to share a little testimony. Our, our, um, we, uh, when Morgan and I were engaged, uh, I was, uh, we spent some time here in Florence before moving to Atlanta. But I just wanted to say, you know, I, you know just in the spirit of having nothing, um, I was in a job that was a dead-end job. It was a hostile work environment. And I knew that God was calling us out so um, my alma mater, Coker College, had a position available in the admissions office. And uh, I applied for that. And, you know, during the interview, I, I said, um, okay, what is the one area that you want to see the most growth in? Um, and they said the performing and visual arts. And if you guys don't know me, I have an extensive background in performing and visual arts. And I said, great, that's fantastic. I can help you. And we're going to grow this thing and we're going to see it flourish. But I didn't get the job. And it was actually the only job I, I actually said, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, the thing that you need, the most important thing, the thing that, that's crit critical and at risk, I'm the man. But I didn't get the job, and I knew that, you know, okay, God was taking us elsewhere. So we prayed about it, and we said, okay, God, where do you want to take us? And so he took us to Atlanta, Georgia. We wanted to be around a vibrant arts community in Morgan, and uh, I wanted to spend some time with her dad, which lives outside of Atlanta. And um, we spent some time there, and we quickly discovered, and, you know, we j just got married, and we were in financial stress, living day in and day out of, like, okay, how are we going to, to meet the bills? And we use credit cards, and credit cards are the devil, I promise you that. Um, but we got so much in debt but God was calling us home to Florence, South Carolina. He said that there's a work that needs to be done in Florence, South Carolina. And so I said, all right, God, let me look for a job. And Coker College had a job open in the admissions office. And so I applied for it, and I interviewed, and I got the position for the performing and visual arts recruiter. So sometimes... There's a season of waiting that God will position you, right? Amen? But there was one problem. So I got the job, amen, praise report, but we didn't have the money to get home. I didn't have the money to rent the truck. I didn't have the gas money to drive. We didn't have the money. And so we were just like, we were just in prayer. And, and uh, it was funny because I knew that we had nothing. And I said, God, if this is where you want us to be, make it so. So I went to the, to the Penske moving, um, the moving truck place. And I said, I said, okay, can I get a quote for, um, you know, we're moving to, to Florence. Can I get a quote? And I got the quote, and I was like, I, I, we can't afford this. I can't even afford to move to South Carolina. And the day I got that quote, the day I got the quote, I got a card in the mail. It was from a member of this church. And there was a check in the mail for the exact amount of the moving expenses that we needed to cover to get us home to Florence, South Carolina. And it's just awesome because when I didn't know where it was coming from, 
God had the answer on the way. And I just wanted to, to share that with you because I, I just believe it's, it's speaking to somebody here who's operating in fear and who, who thinks that they have nothing left to give. And I say that God has the answer and will provide that breath into the spaces where you feel that you're the most empty. Amen? So I love what Paul says in Galatians 5.1. If you want to go ahead and pull that out. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And that fires me up because I do believe that Christ has set us free for freedom. And you can have freedom in your relationships. And you can have freedom in your friendships. And you can have freedom in your finances and freedom in your life. How many of you want freedom in your life? And I don't want to be bound by anything. But this verse, if you read it in context, it's not about freedom. It's about fighting. And I don't want to just cherry pick a verse uh, just to fire you up and, and get you motivated and get you moving. He gives us a reason why Christ has set us free. And, and then he's telling us what we have to do in order to keep that freedom. Stand firm or stand fast. And don't let yourselves be burdened again, say again, by a yoke of slavery. What he's saying here is that this is not a celebratory moment. This is a warning. And you better be ready for a battle. This battle that you're in right now is not going to be your last battle. This trial that you're in right now is not going to be your last trial. Amen? So I hate to break it to you, but at some point, you got to learn to fight. Because if you don't learn to fight, the enemy is going to run over you consistently. And so to all the believers out there, do you know that God can set you free and then you can get yourself bound again? If you don't know how to fight. And I don't want to be bound. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be bound. And I know that there are some believers who are saved, but not set free. So today I want us to talk, if I was going to give a title to this message, it's going to be called Forward. And uh, when I started, you know, researching and diving in and studying for this message, there were two things that the Holy Spirit pressed on my heart. And I just want to say this out loud. At a time of recalibration, turn back to the first love. In a season of recalibration, we must turn back to the first love. And then the second thing is accept no imitation and expect no limitation. Amen? So expect or accept no copycats. Accept no reproducing, going through the motions, right? Right? And then when you do that, you can expect no limitation to what God is going to do in our services and in our lives. Amen? So Isaiah 43, I have a, I had a little sinus uh, cold this week, so if I sound a little raspy, it's because I'm fighting. So let's just go, Isaiah 43, 18, and it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say new thing. Now it shall spring forth. And shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And today I want to continue about talking about 
what we talk a lot about around here. And I believe that when we say yes to Jesus, how many understand that, that when Jesus when Jesus went to the disciples, specifically Matthew, and all he said was, follow me, and then he left the room. Silence. You know, when Jesus says, follow me, he doesn't join your situation. You leave your situation and you join his. The reason why we know Matthew is because he left everything behind and followed Jesus. So oftentimes, God calling us forward, calling us into new things and into a new season, one of the ways we know it's a new thing is if you've never seen it before. A lot of times, we'll label something as a new thing. But you've seen it before, and it's actually not new. It's something that we've already seen, and it's gotten a refresh. It's gotten an update, like a 2.0 or 3.0. But what God has called us into is a new thing. And many times we have no grid or no context for it. And our initial response is to reject the new things. But really it's God calling us forward into the new things. So much so that he'll even make a road in order to get there through the wilderness and through the desert. I will make sure there is a road in front of you in order for you to get to the place that I have called you to. Amen? So this is a message for Gospel Temple. That God is calling us into new territories. And many of us think we may have an idea of what it is, but it's like a, it's like a concept of, of signing a contract. And then what God does is he fills in the contract as we go. Amen? So we might not know exactly where we're going. And, and someone can ask, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And we can sort of guess, you know, what, what we think it is. And, but what we, what we do know is this, and we can't stay here. Spiritually, we can't stay here. we got to keep moving forward. Amen? We might not have a full picture of where we're going, but we really know that we are not supposed to idle out. We're not supposed to be complacent. We have to move forward because complacency is a tool that the devil will use in order to prevent you from reaching the promises that God has already spoken over you. Amen? We can't stay here. God is calling us into new things. And what happens is, what happens is we, when there's a long period of time between, you know, the new thing and, and to the next new thing, oftentimes we tend to, to regurgitate or, or reproduce what we've already experienced, expecting the same results to happen. And it's important for us to continually talk about what's ahead and then let the Lord bring us into these new things. Amen? So Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Say, press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. How many are glad that Jesus Christ has laid hold of you? It's amazing to think about how many of us think that we have gotten a hold of Jesus. No, no, he got a hold of you, amen? And somehow made you feel like you got a hold of him. And I don't know how that works, but I'm okay with that. Uh, let's, let's read on. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 
and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Let me read that again. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I love when it says forgetting those things which are behind. Most of the time when we talk about what's behind us or in our past, we go to our most painful moments or our regrets or the ridiculous things that we did in our past. And I'm so glad that we're not going back there. But this passage isn't just referring to that kind of stuff. It's anything that is behind you. And many times it's the success that's behind you. I'm going to go on a little sidetrack here. There's a book uh, titled Good to Great. And they say that the number one enemy of success of a company moving from a good company to a great company, they say one of the biggest enemy, enemies of that transition, the number one enemy is success. Even if we had a lot of success behind us, it's, it's important that we don't try to reproduce that, but we are reaching forward into the new thing that God has for us. Amen? Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. For our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we are ambassadors of another place. How many have felt like a foreigner in this world? How many of us? That's normal. Why? Because we, we actually represent another realm or another kingdom or another nation. And as ambassadors, anytime you have an ambassador from a country that, that resides in another country, they live by the standards of the country by which they were sent. They don't live in the standard of the country they live in, but where they were sent. So we are literally citizens of heaven and ambassadors of heaven. So we live in the world today. We, we are called to live by the standards, the laws, the nature of the realm we've been sent from. And this is what happens when you say yes to Jesus. You become a new creation. Amen? You don't just get saved and go to heaven. You become new in every aspect of your life. And when you become ambassador of heaven, so when you live in a world today and you feel like a foreigner or an alien, that's completely normal, but you're an ambassador and your responsibility is to bring heaven to this realm, earth. And today as I talk about moving forward, there's four things I want to unpack with our remaining time here today. The first thing I want to do is talk about distraction. Bishop T.D. Jakes said something recently that I would like to share with you. He said, responding to things that are completely irrelevant to what God has called you to are satanic distractions. Now I'm going to repeat that because I, I don't want you to miss it. And I would, I would mimic his voice, but I'm not going to do that. But responding to things that are completely irrelevant to what God has called you to are satanic distractions. And there's a passage in Psalms 131, and I found this passage recently and have been dwelling on it, especially this week. 
And it said, Lord, my my heart is not haughty or prideful, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. It's an amazing verse, isn't it? In so many ways. And as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, one of the things the enemy tries to do often is distract you from what God has really called you to. So we live in a day and age where there are so many conversations and so many topics and, and, and so many things that are going back and forth in our, that are happening in our culture. And there's actually a pressure and a pull to engage in these conversations and topics. And I want to be honest with you. If God's not talking about it, we shouldn't be either. We should not be engaging in conversations that we have no business engaging in. And a lot of engagement with with the church and anyone outside of the church is purely an emotional response, an emotional reaction. And one of the, the most dangerous things that's alive today is a button called a retweet. And you have the ability to spread bad information with no cost. That retweet or repost or share option you have on social media can really be dangerous. Because you can spread an opinion that has no founding in truth or on logic. And most of the time, it's founded on cultural thought and not kingdom thought. And when we hit retweet, we are spreading information that is helping no one. So we find ourselves in a conflict or, or conversations that stem, that stem purely from, from a cultural mindset instead of a kingdom mindset cultural frustrations, an emotional response instead of a kingdom mindset. So I want to challenge you as believers, if you have no business in there, don't mess with it. Amen? Just don't mess with it. And if you want to mess with it, go get smart about the topic and then approach the topic, find out what God is saying about the topic, and then respond in a way that you're approaching it from a kingdom mindset. Amen? And the second thing is gratitude. A key to moving forward is being thankful. And if you don't know what you're thankful for, a lot of times that's, a, that's an indication that you are distracted. I'm going to share another story with you uh, about a time when, when uh, like I shared with you before, credit cards are the devil. Amen. And so we were, uh, we were in heavy financial debt with these credit cards trying to trying to pay things off and and then we made a decision we took that that Dave Ramsey uh, course and we read the book and we said all right we're going to get serious about paying paying this stuff off so we got heavily focused and we did the snowball effect and everything was going great and we had good momentum but we still had massive debt that we were trying to tackle and guess what when we got to a point we were like yes we can do this Nora got sick, and we had to take her to the hospital. And so she was there for three days. And so we had to deal with, like, how are we going to pay these hospital bills? It's like, God, we, we're trying to refocus, and, and we're, we're, we're trying to pay this stuff off. We want to be free from the bondage of debt, right? Amen? So it's like we're pressing in. We're making sacrifices. We're paying stuff off. And then this happened. The trials make you stronger, amen? 
The trials make, he wants to make sure that we don't get back into debt again. So he wants to make sure that we are serious about it. So I said, all right, all right. So we were living, you know, almost had enough money to cover every single bill that we had. We had just enough to pay for the, for the hospital bills. And, and then there was a, a time, a day when I was in the living room and I was fixing the television. And Morgan and Nora were, were in the back somewhere. And I was standing up there on the TV and trying to get it to work. And then it was a beautiful day outside, no, no wind in sight. And, if, you know, if you've been here before and you've heard me speak about the tree, the giant monstrous trees in our yard, even a limb is like a small tree, a small normal tree. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I hear a big boom. And then you can feel the house doing like this, just the, the shaking. And I said, Morgan, are you all right? She said, yes. She's like, are you okay? She thought I dropped the TV. Um, and I was like, yeah, all good here. What's going on? And so we, we, we go outside, and, and, uh, and I look, and the limb, the giant tree limb had fallen on our, the roof in the back. And so there's a tree inside of our house. And I responded it surprised me how I responded to this because normally I'd be like, God, what are we going to do? I can't even pay for the hospital bills. But it was remarkable because I said, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I know I have to trust you completely from this point out. There's no way that I can figure this out on my own. I have to trust you 100% because I don't know where the money is coming from. But I really, like from a genuine place, I said, thank you so much for this trial. And uh, I did, did want to mention that we had just replaced that section of the roof just a few months ago. And we couldn't... Uh, you know, we, it just, it was right, like the deductible had to come out of our pocket. It didn't go over, so insurance didn't really cover it. But I was just like, God, this is yours. We're going to figure this out, and we're going to get out of debt. And I'm just so grateful and thankful for the opportunity and the, for me to be able to press in and to realign and to really conquer, conquer this thing. So it surprised me. That came from a place of gratitude in that moment. And gratitude just breaks off your distractions and it refocuses you to your first love. Amen? To the eyes of Jesus Christ. Amen? It gets your eyes back to where it should be. And I want to challenge us to, uh, to up our gratitude in this new season. The more and more I speak to others, it feels like the enemy is trying to destroy our gratitude a little bit. So at the end of the service, what I want us to do is I want to, to come in a place of worship and gratitude. Amen? Because he deserves it. Declaring gratitude unto the Lord. Because there is something about gratitude that if we are going to go somewhere, gratitude is one of the biggest things to grab hold of this new thing. The third thing, there's a future you that is dependent on the present you to start sowing seeds today. There's a future you that is actually relying on the today you to be diligent, to begin sowing seeds right now in this moment. And all of us today are actually living in the fruit of what we sowed last year, 
five years ago, seven years ago. We're living in that fruit right now. So we have to begin to sow tons of seed into the soil now. And years ago, the Holy Spirit told me to stop worrying. Wes, stop worrying about trying to go big. What I need you to do is start going deep. And start going deep, and I'll take care of the rest. I'll take care of the big. And there's something about spending time, sowing seeds, spending time with the Lord, building history, all these things that we hear. Because when you do that, your future is going to live in the reality of what you're sowing today. And the last thing I want to close with is it's not over. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not over. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's not over. And there are some of you in this room, you're at a certain age in life when you think, you know, that it's over. And I'm saying, no, it ain't over until it's over, right? So just like Paul said, let go of the things behind and press on forward to the new thing that God has for you. As long as you're breathing air on this earth, it ain't over yet. Amen? I feel on my heart that some of you are saying that I don't have much time left. And the Lord wants me to say to you here today, I will do so much in this short amount of time that you have left that will put your previous time, that, that you'll be amazed at what I can do with what you consider to be nothing. So I want to declare that over you, that it ain't over until it's over. Go ahead and stand to your feet. going to pray and then when when I'm done praying I want to give us a there'll be a couple minutes left and I want to give I want to give us a moment for the people who who need to meet Jesus amen